right, it's good to see you, see you tonight. It's pretty hot. You good? Hey, uh, thank you for being here. Do you have your hand down? It's, it, those of you that's been gone, uh, I want to tell you, is it on your website, Joel, the, the podcast? Yes. If you would like to listen to those and catch up on your handouts, I would recommend you doing that. Um, if you're like me, I love to, to uh, take notes and catching up on that. And I like to take notes. There's a lot of people that are good at note-taking. How many of you are good at note-taking? How many of you are good at note-using? That's the problem. Most of us, we, we, uh, we will take good notes, but we don't uh, really use them uh, like we ought to after we get those. Uh, I've told you I have some show-and-tells that I want to give you each week or uh, share since uh, your pastor has been a dear friend of mine for a long time. And, and I have brought you a couple of different Bibles. I brought you... Uh, three things that uh, we shared as athletes in high school uh, from our couple of our jackets and and a um, and a uh, our gym bag or what we called our, our what do we call it satchel our satchel <laughs> we called it our satchel man it don't mean nothing to you all but it means a lot to me because I still have my stuff and I still use it and I'm a pack rat so here's what I got for you tonight a few years ago, uh, me and Joel had been out of touch for a while. And I'm just going to bore you with this for just a couple of minutes, but, but he's the kind of friend that I could uh, be out of touch or not talk to for several years, and you all probably have these kind of aqu- friends. They're not acquaintances. These are friends, but you could uh, call it. Uh, been two or three years or so since you talked to them, probably call, and they'd come to you in the middle of the night if you needed something. Joel's that type of friend to me. But a few years ago, I had the opportunity to go with him to Jacksonville, Florida, back in 2005. Well, I still have my little, I use it uh, because I look back on it. And I was just looking at something in it the other day, and I was looking at these, some of these heroes of my faith. As we read, talking about studying the Bible and God's Word and um, how I've been mentored, I have been privileged to sit under some great teachers, some great preachers, and, and that's what's helped me tremendously. But we were, I was looking at some of the names there. Bailey Smith, some of these that have gone on to be with the Lord now. Bailey Smith was there. Jerry Falwell was there. Uh, Adrian Rogers was there, and uh, I think of these guys and how what a blessing they've been. I have two people that have signed my Bible, this Bible that I carry, uh, and one of those was Adrian Rogers, and the other was a gentleman by the name of Junior Hill, who's up in years now, but is one of my favorite evangelists of all time. But I was looking there, David Jeremiah, and uh, some of these guys, Steve Gaines, and uh, Joel introduced me to these guys. What an uh, impact! He introduced me to them. He actually did, and. Um, one of those, we were there at this conference. I will tell you this quick story. I think I told it, shared it with you all before, but there was a, we had a privilege of uh, getting to meet with Dr. Adrian Rogers, one of my heroes. And uh, so I'm standing there, and I have this little brown Bible that I carry. It's signed right there by Adrian Rogers. To get him to sign that, I had to stand in line with some guys, some young preacher boys that were standing there. And... Uh, they had bought a book by Adrian Rogers, and some of them were sermon messages, and they were great books and great uh, things, and he was talking to them, and they weren't wanting to monopolize his time. In fact, he passed away in November later that year of his cancer that he had at the time we got to meet with him, but he said, uh, this boy said, thank you, Dr. Rogers, and started to walk off, and he was in front of myself and Joel, and, and as he started to walk off, he, uh, Dr. Rogers being the gentleman he is and the mentor to young preacher boys grabbed him by the arm and pulled him back into him he said son you take these messages 
you take this word of God and this, these messages that I've shared and I want you to make them better. And I laughed. I said, yeah, right, like that. And Joel will tell you, Dr. Adrian Rogers looked at me like I was an idiot. <laughs> so made a real good impression on him. I want you to do this with me. Turn with, turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 119. If you're going to follow along tonight, I want you to do that. We have covered several different things up to this point. You bear with me. I've got several things I want to, I want to share with you tonight that I hope will help you. And uh, we have come to this as we have looked. We looked first, the first week at that reality of the Bible. In other words, what is the Bible? Uh, now, you folks, how many of your folks are from have lived in California for a while? So you and you... So several of you have lived in California. So we live in what's called the Bible Belt. Well, we that live in the Bible Belt or raised around this have really taken it for granted that just everybody gets this same kind of upbringing about being in God's Word. And uh, so when I say, what is the Bible? It, it's, uh, I love to see people and talk to people that have not been raised like us. And uh, it's new to them. Uh, to, they don't take it for granted. But we've looked at that. We talked about the receiving of the Bible, how we got the Bible. It's real important that we do that. Uh, I, I covered it briefly. I didn't cover it in detail, and I would love to, uh, for you to dig a little deeper on that and some of the resources that I shared with you. We talked about the third week. We talked about the reliability of the Bible. Can, can God's Word be trusted? Absolutely it can. The reliability of the Bible. Then we talked about the relevance of the Bible, how you and I are to use that Bible that we, uh, we have, that we hold in our hands. That tangible Bible that you either have on a tablet or a phone or in paper, in, in paper form, but the, um, that relevance of the Bible. So the last time we were here two weeks ago, we talked about the first of two lessons, and I'm gonna do the second one tonight on what, what I call this. It's the recipe of studying the Bible, of how you are to study God's Word, how you and I are to study on your on your uh, little booklet that they gave you, it's titled Study of the Bible. And I love that back portion there when we talked about the Bible's the Word of God. And it gives us a brief synopsis of what the Theonoustos, God breathe, and what it means that when we talk about studying God's Word. And there's a couple of things I want to point out to tonight because we, we kind of get wrapped up in the the thinking of studying God's Word. It's almost like a burden to us because it's part of those things to do list on our daily routine. So tonight, as we look at this in Psalm 119, if you'll remember from that first, <coughs> that first lesson we talked about, we talked about it's the longest chapter in the Bible. 176 verses, I believe, in, in Psalm 119. And every one of those verses has something to say about the God's Word, how real God's Word is, and it's relative to us. So when we look at this chapter, Psalm 119, here's what I want you to do with me tonight if you're going to follow along on your handout there. The introduction, I say, here's what you do when you're studying the Bible, when studying the Bible. Now, last week, those of you that was, or two weeks ago when we were here the last time, we talked about that word study. And when you talk about study, it's the act of making an effort to learn by reading, practicing, or memorizing. So it's a lot more involved than just casually reading. Studying is totally different. So when you and I begin to think about studying, when studying the Bible, here's what you need to do. First of all is read it thoroughly. Now, I have uh, I shared things too many times, of uh, uh, some of the same stuff, but here's what I would tell you. I struggle with reading. So what I do is I usually will read it. When I say read it thoroughly, 
When you read God's Word and it's your time of quiet time and you're beginning to read, the recipe for studying God's Word is this. Be sure and read it thoroughly. Read through what you're reading. Read it thoroughly. Don't just casually brush over it, but read it thoroughly. And here's the other thing about this. When, when we're studying the Bible, not only to read it thoroughly, but think it clearly. Think about what you've just read. As a man thinketh, so is he. It's a lot to, with the process when we begin to think about what we've just read. So um, as we do that, here's what I would tell you. I've got you five little things here for tonight. A lot of it is repetitive of what we talked about two weeks ago, but a little bit more in detail we'll talk about tonight of the recipe of studying the Bible. When you and I begin to study God's Word, first of all, I think you need to make it a matter of prayer. First thing I would have you fill in there is pray over it. Pray over it. I think it's foolish of us when we begin to study God's Word is to just read it and not make it a matter of prayer. There's two things that you and I have in our tool belt, so to speak, as a Christian. is that time of reading God's Word and our Bible study and our prayer time. It goes hand in hand when you and I begin to read God's Word or to study God's Word is first of all is to make it a matter of prayer. Ask God, God, I'm fixing to read your word. This is God breathed. God, this is your word. This is not my word. I'm reading your word. Remind him of that. Remind him and tell him, God, and I want you to, to show me. So show me and help me and pray over it as you begin to do that. Now, here's a couple of things I'll tell you. In Psalm 119, which is our text for tonight, in verse number 12, Notice what it says here. When I say, make it a matter of prayer, here's what the prayer should be. It should be that he teach us. He says, blessed art thou, in Psalm 119, 12, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Again, it reemphasizes as you begin to pray, what am I praying to God for? God, am I going to do this? God, make me smarter. Make me that I can really show out and show how intelligent I am. I've never impressed anybody by doing that. When you begin to read and study God's Word, make it a matter of prayer. When you begin to do this and pray over it, ask Him. Say, teach me thy statute. Teach me. He says there in Psalm 119, again, He says this in, in uh, verse number 18. He says, open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Not only to teach me, but help my eyes to be open. Open my eyes up that I can see this. That's why when you, if you're going to really begin to study God's Word, not just come to church Sunday morning, Sunday nights, or whenever, and, and watch the pastor and put those verses up on the board, but you have your time. Make it a matter of prayer that you begin to pray and say, God, teach me. Teach me from your Word. And do this, as he said there, open my eyes. Open thou my eyes. Not only to open my eyes, but that I may behold the wondrous things He's got some wonderful things in this word that he wants to give us. In your daily reading, make it a matter of prayer. I love what he says in Luke, and we read this verse last week. In Luke 24 and verse number 45, he says again, talking about opening our eyes, he says, then, he, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Now I asked you uh, two weeks ago, one of the reasons most of us do not have the time, but we, you don't take time, you make time to read God's Word is because sometimes it's difficult for us to understand. 
Well, when you do this first step of making it a matter of prayer, you're asking God to do this. Help me that I might understand what it is you have for me in your word. So that's what he says there in Luke. I love how he says, didn't he open up their understanding that they might understand the scriptures? So if you say this, I read it, but I just don't understand it. Well, as we look at this recipe for studying the Bible, think about this. Make it a matter of prayer. Back to our text in Psalm 119. Notice what he says in verse number 36. He says this. He says, incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. So when we're saying, teach me, open my eyes, and incline my heart. We talked a little bit about this last week when we talked about that recipe. When he was talking about uh, we prepare our heart to study, and we begin to pray over this. We begin to pray over it. And ask God, open our eyes, help us to understand, incline my heart, help my heart to be right, that I want to understand. He says there also in Psalm 119 and verse number 73, notice what he says, thy hands have made me and fashioned me, give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Give you understanding, help me to understand. So when all of this is together, we think about the recipe for studying the Bible First of all, make it a matter of prayer. Pray over it. Now, at the bottom of that, there's a little thing that I want you to fill in. It's this, that our eyes may be opened to it. That our eyes may be opened to it. So many of us have have read, we don't understand, our eyes have not been opened. But God is saying that if we pray, before we read God's word, and we begin to pray, he says he'll open our eyes. And it'll help us with the understanding part of that. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would tell you about the recipe for studying the Bible is this. Meditate on the Word. In other words, ponder on it. Ponder on it. I said just a minute ago in the introduction there, I said read it thoroughly and think it clearly. Ponder on it. Think about what you have read. That's a, I think I gave you a, a, in the last time we were here, One of the things I said was this, to keep it simple and to keep it short. Here's what I would tell you when you're reading and you've got your plan. Just keep it simple and keep it short for this reason here. It's because if you do that, you don't overwhelm yourself to this. You begin to be able to ponder on it. If you take it in small compartments. Uh, I read a great book one time called... How to stop living and start, how to stop worrying and start living. We do the opposite, how to stop living and start worrying. But Dale Carnegie wrote this book years ago, and I read it. And one of the things it talked about was this living in daytight compartments. You know what that is? That means that you, you, just, you, you just take time to just kind of, you don't overwhelm yourself, you put it in daytight compartments. In other words, you begin to put small segments and you can ponder upon it. When you're reading, the problem was sometimes when we read, we'll try to read way too much at first, and you really can't ponder on it. So what I would recommend, and I'm not talking about a pastor or a teacher that's getting a lesson together. That's a little bit different technique. I'm talking about in your daily devotional time when you're beginning to read God's Word and really wanting to grow in your faith and your walk. is to ponder upon it. When he says this, when you in Psalm 119, look what it says in verse number 15. He says this, he says, I will meditate thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I'll meditate. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to ponder upon it. I'm going to think about this. 
I'm not just going to read it casually, but I'm going, to, I'm going to pray before I do it, and then I'm going to meditate upon it where I begin to ponder upon it. I love what it says in Psalm 119, verses 147 and 148. He says, I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent thy night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Um, I do yoga for, for my back. <clears throat> and I was, I was hesitant when the guy told me, t- t- started teaching me about yoga stretches. And, and because as you get older, your hamstrings are tightened up and, and uh, you begin to have back and sciatica. If you've ever had it, you know what I'm talking about. I got to where I couldn't get out of a bed. And so uh, I began to do this yoga uh, stretches. So I told the guy, I said, I don't want to do that meditation type stuff. He, and he's a devout Christian, great guy. But he says, no, that's, a, that's the different type of yoga. That's a, that's a religion of meditating. But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes you've got to understand that you need to be quiet. You read God's word and you begin to ponder it and meditate upon it. I'm not taking saying, saying mantras and you start chanting stuff. But you begin to meditate. And you begin to ponder upon what God's word is saying to us. He says that I will meditate. And he said that I might meditate upon it. I love what one, uh, Psalm 119 is saying there. And here's what I would tell you. We said that we might, our eyes might be open in that first thing. Here's the other thing is that that our minds might observe it. We're meditating upon it because we've observed his words. Now to your right, on your booklet, I want you to write something down. We're going to be detectives here for just a moment. We're going to answer five questions. When you begin to ponder upon this, here's the, and I think I gave you this a couple of weeks ago. Here's the questions we always ask. When you're reading God's word, you want to answer the questions, who, what, when, where, and why. Those five things that start with W. I want, that's, that's what you want to answer. Anything, uh, anytime you're reading and you're pondering upon that, I want you to meditate upon that. You're observing those five things. Who, what, when, where, and why? Well, I gave you this a couple of weeks ago, and I want you to write it down again. Here's the what I do. When I'm answering those questions, the who is this? There, I gave you some P's and A's. Those of you that was here, how many of you wrote them down? Okay, I want you, if you wasn't here, write these down real quickly. When, when you're looking and you want to meditate upon God's word and you want to ponder it, here's the thing I would tell you. The who is this? First of all, answer the question, who's the person or the author that's writing it? Okay? That's going to help you with the who. The other part of the who is this. Who is the people or the audience that he's writing to? So you have the the person or the author, and then you have the people or the audience. That's the who part of it. And then, to answer the question, when you're pondering upon what you've just read, I always like to know when. Well, that's the period or the age that it was written in. If you've got a, a, a good reference Bible, you can always go back and it'll give you kind of a brief synopsis of, the, of that book and tell you the who, the person, the, the author, or the people, or the audience. But then you're going to be able to also find out the, the period or the age it was written. Now, there, there may be some discrepancies. Somebody may say if something was written in 400 uh, B.C., and somebody may say it was 500 B.C., but you're going to be able to answer that question. That's going to help you with pondering it. The where is this? It's the, it's the place or the area. 
It's important when you're pondering or meditating on God's word, try to, try to look that out. So you've answered the who, the when, and the where. The other thing is you want to know why. What's the purpose or the aim of what you're reading? What's the purpose or the aim of what you're reading? I just, I'm just finishing up the book of Numbers right now. In my, it's part of the Old Testament reading I'm doing right now for my, my, uh, my daily uh, reading that I do to read through in the year. So Numbers, I, here's what, when people get to Leviticus and Numbers, what do most of you do? Take a break? Go to sleep. Yep, go to sleep. You go through it. I mean, it's some gross stuff. It's talking about the blood issues. It's talking about all this stuff. So it's really interesting, but it is there. What's the purpose and the aim of it? And everything has that. All the books in the Bible. And the last thing is the what. That's the practice or the application. That's that what you're looking at in the Bible. That's what I would tell you. That's when you and I began to ponder, trying to answer those questions, the who, when, where, and why, and what. So if you do that, that helps us with the meditating or the pondering on it, okay? The third thing I would tell you about the recipe for studying the Bible is this. Memorize the scriptures. Memorize scripture. Here's what I would tell you. Preserve it. Try to preserve it. Um, I, I feel so bad for people that, uh, with dementia and those type of diseases. It's a sad thing when I see, I've seen people that, I had an uncle that was just a brilliant man. Uh, but he, he got Alzheimer's and so bad and um, couldn't remember and retain some of those things. So I will tell you this, why you can, why you can memorize the scriptures, preserve it. When you and I uh, begin to do all these things as we're doing the recipe for studying the Bible is, is make sure you can memorize the scriptures or preserve it. In Psalm 119 there again, in verse number 11, I love this verse of scripture. It's a very, very familiar verse of scripture in Psalm 119 and verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Uh, I love the motive behind why I hide God's word in my heart. It's that I won't sin against him. That, that it shows me my weakness, my failures. But at the same time, it says that thy word have I hid in mine heart. It's that heart, we think of it, memorizing it. But it's in our heart, our mind, and it's a, that's that part of our being. That's when you and I need to memorize scripture and preserve it. He says also in Psalm 119 there in verse number 16, he says this. He says, I will delight myself in the statutes. I will not forget thy word. I love how the psalmist is stating that, that you and I can memorize scripture. That is one of the biggest challenges I've ever had is memorizing scripture. Um, there was a gentleman, <clears throat> he's passed away now. They referred to him as the walking Bible. I used to watch him. He talked a lot about prophecy and um, and some of you would know if I said the name, but they referred to him as the walking Bible. I had someone tell me one time that he at one time had memorized over 20,000 verses, memory verses. It's amazing. I had a dear friend of mine, the only uh, mission trip that I have taken was, uh, uh, was in, to the Philippines, and I had a dear friend of mine that was there that passed away on us uh, about 10 years ago, be 11 years uh, this month. Um, he was 52 years old when he passed away, but I went to the Philippines with him, and he would dress up as Jesus, and he would recite verbatim the Sermon on the Mount. I was always so impressed by that. But memorizing Scripture is really tough. It's difficult, but I'm going to tell you, once you do that, it's like Psalm 119.11 when he says, Thy word have I hid in my heart. 
It's there. It's there and it will come to you at the most opportune time. When you begin to, to witness or to talk to someone about the Lord and, and how to be saved, those verses that you have memorized, you may not have a Bible with you always. I don't know what this world will come to that we always have a, a visible, on-hands Bible in our hand. So it's even more urgent that you and I are to hide God's Word in our heart, memorize Scripture, and preserve it. That verse of Scripture we used last week is our text, and that verse that we had that is on, your, um, on the handout as well in 2 Timothy 2.15. When we talk about memorizing Scriptures or preserve it is, study to show thyself approved unto God. Again, it tells us that we're to study this, to study God's word. It says a workman that needs not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. When you and I begin to do that and memorize scriptures, here's what happens. That, that second part of this on point number three, memorize the scriptures or preserve it is this, that our minds may obtain it. You're going to memorize it. It's going to go into your heart and your mind. And, and I love this part of it. You're going to memorize it, but then you're going to be able to use it at another time. You're going, to, you're going to do this. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and you begin to witness to someone, and I love the moving of God, the Holy Spirit, when he begins to move and, and you are, have the opportunity and that door is open for you to witness to a family member or a friend or a co-worker and to tell them about Jesus and how that he died for them and, and, and he will forgive them. He loves them no matter what. He'll forgive them no matter what they've done. But the Holy Spirit will begin to minister through you and those verses that you have memorized. I promise you. Let God use you that way. And also, the, the fourth thing is this. I believe this, that when the recipe for, for uh, us to study the, the Bible is this. Maintain obedience to the Word. In other words, maintain obedience. Here's what I would tell you. Practice it. It does us no good. I, I love that verse we just read in 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. It does us no good to just absorb and, and to take all the, the things that you and I, and we think we learn, and, and here's what we do. And it's to be approved unto God. Not to, to men, not to show out, but we do that. So here's what I tell Maintain the obedience. In other words, we're going to practice what God has just said. He's just said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. If that's your motive, that's a good motive. But if it's to, to memorize scripture so that you can brag and say, I, I know a lot of scripture. Um, I, love, I love this quote. I heard this the other day. Someone said this, knowing a lot of Hebrew doesn't mean you know him. Know a lot of Greek doesn't mean you know God. You can impress a lot of people with putting a Bible under your arm. Did you know that? But what he's talking about is maintain the obedience part of it, practicing it. I love again here in Psalm 119, those first five verses, what it says is, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. You keep them. You seek him. Says verse three, they also do not, not in, do no iniquity; they walk in his ways. That's practicing it. That is actually where you begin to maintain obedience to the word of God. He says in verse number four of Psalm one nineteen, "Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes." 
In other words, when we come to this part of, of maintaining, uh, to maintain obedience to, to his word, in other words, that we're to practice it, how are we doing with what he's talking about? Are we walking in it? Are we keeping it? <clears throat> when you and I begin to think about looking at that, there's that verse of scripture in James. That James, the first chapter, verses 22 through 25. This one hits home. I'm sure your pastor has probably done a series on the book of James, the great study of the book of James. Well, James, I'm going to tell you something. James didn't mix word, mince words. He, he, uh, he can make you mad, okay? And um, when I read it, sometimes I, get, I, I say I get challenged. I just pout. I get mad about it. But here's what he said. He said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Again, where it talks about maintaining the obedience and, and practice, he's saying, be a doer of it. Be a doer of it. Nike stole this years ago from the Bible. I still say that Nike, every time you see that just do it thing, they ought to have James 1 down right below it. Because it's saying do it. Don't be, a, don't be just one of those that just says you're going to do it. He says in verse 23, for if any of you be a hearer, hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, looking in a mirror. He says in verse 24, Behold, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way straightway, forgetting what manner of man he is. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You want to be blessed with the recipe for studying the Bible, really studying God's Word, maintain obedience to it. In other words, practice it. If he gives us instruction, and I said this is, it is an instruction manual. It is not just that. It's a love book. It's a love letter. But it is, gives us instructions. Anything that you and I are going through, I've kept up with my, my Sturkey Hills prayer list. And those of, that you requested, some have passed, uh, things are happening. But here's what I would tell you. When you and I begin to do that, he's wanting to know, am I doing, am I doing those things or am I just saying I'm going to do them? Be obedient. He's saying that our hearts will obey it. That's what I want you to fill in right below it, that our hearts will obey it. Here's what I would give you. I'm going to give you a couple of things I want you to write down. <clears throat> one of them is a quote. You don't have to write it down, but if you, if you want to write this down, here's what I would tell you. When I think about maintaining obedience, maintain the obedience to the Word or beginning to practice it, if you want to learn more about the Word of God, do this. If you want to learn more about the Word of God, obey the parts you know. Amen. You know what that means? That when you and I begin to be... Uh, uh, I think it was referred to as professional Christians. A pastor. He's a professional Christian right there. I'm a professional Christian. But when we become so canned and calloused to where we just want to learn for the sake of impressing someone or ourselves, but we're not going to maintain the obedience and do it, sometimes we do this. We take in a lot and we get overwhelmed and we really don't, we really don't, I'm amazed at this. I believe our churches are full of just uh, babies. Yep. Immature Christians. I can say that, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. You're obviously here on a Wednesday night, you're mature. 
But I want to tell you something. Week in and week out, the churches that we go to or that we're at, <clears throat> I would tell you this, that I would hate to know the percentage of just Christian babies because they don't know. They're not going to do those things to learn God's word, to get closer to him, that we do these things. We're talking about this recipe for studying the Bible. But if you want to learn more about the word, here's a good starting point for anybody you know. Tell them this, obey the parts you already know. Because once you know, you know. And that's, the, that's an easy part and it's a, and it's a good starting point for someone. I love what, uh, I referred to him earlier and I, and I had this, um, this quote, I remembered hearing this and I had to write it down, but I loved, Adrian Rogers said this a long time ago. And here's what I catch myself doing. When I begin to study the Bible, and uh, it's easy as a teacher or a pastor, when you begin to study and, and you're constantly studying, you've got what I call floating papers. I've got papers everywhere. And, and you're trying to absorb so much. And here's what I would tell you. We think we'll know God by Bible study. But we don't know God by Bible study. That's not, that's not what it is. Here's what it is. It's, Bible study gives you the knowledge about God. Write this down. Bible study gives you the knowledge about God. Nothing wrong with that. But when I just said this, talking about maintaining obedience, that our hearts will obey it, obedience is what gives you knowledge of God. It's a big difference, a very big difference. So when you and I begin to think about that, so we, we think that if we study the Bible, that's, we're going to know God. But Bible study just gives you the knowledge of God. Obedience, take it that next step. What you're reading and you're studying about, if you will begin to maintain the obedience to that and you begin to practice that, that is when obedience gives you knowledge of God. The big difference. There's a big difference. I, I, I think of this too. I, I believe it's just when we get to that point, it's just more or less religious speak. I am... Uh, uh, if I've shared this, I apologize to you, but I've been in church since I was 10 days old, okay? I was a good boy. I was a good boy. I was a boring boy. But I, I've, been, I've been in church all my life. A few years back, one of our sons, Logan, who's now 30 years old, uh, we were walking into our church, and our pastor at the time uh, at our church was, uh, was standing at the door greeting, much like your pastor does. I love that. I love that. And so it was a Sunday night. We just started there. Uh, hadn't been there long. But I remember as we walked in, I reached my hand out. We had two boys at the time. Don had one, and I had Logan. <laughs> Number two, it's a birth order or something. I had Logan. He was standing there blowing. We got there, and it's on a Sunday night. I got right to the door, and I reached my hand out to Brother Holly. And Brother Holly reached his hand out to me, and at the same time, Logan goes, hate church we go to church all the time and I in my wisdom I said he gets that from his mama but I thought about that that's the way I've been in church all of my life to where the point that I, I get tired of it sometimes the religious speak 
the, uh, the part about studying God's word because I love him. I want to know more about him. But it all hinges on my obedience of him and what his word says. So if you study, that's one thing. If you study and you learn a lot, and then you begin to uh, just study and you absorb a lot, but you don't obey it, you've missed it. Remember that because the obedience is what gives us the knowledge of God. Okay? So that, there's the four things. The fifth thing is this. Here's what I would tell you. Mention the word of God. As you begin to, uh, to study his word, proclaim it. In other words, I, uh, I find myself doing this in my prayer time. And many of you probably do this as well, but I will use scripture. I will sometimes mention, I'll tell him, I'll remind him, and I'm not, uh, I'm not one of those. I will tell you this much. I think it's wrong for us to, to when we start saying, I, I command God to do this. I, I don't command God to do a thing. I, I can't tell him. I can't demand God. But I do remind him what he says in his word. I'll say, God, you said that you love me and you only do what's best for me. I don't understand that sometimes, but I, I, I'll, I'll remind him, you said to open my mouth wide and you'll what? You'll fill it. He wants to bless us. He wants to meet our needs. So when you, you begin to study, the recipe here for studying is mention the word of God. In other words, proclaim it. Remind him of the promises. He doesn't need to be reminded of it, but I think it's sometimes when you and I begin to do our study, remind him of, of some of the, the, the word that he's given. Look what it says in Psalm 119 again in our text. Psalm 119 and verse number 13, it says, With my lips I have declared all the judgments of thy mouth, the psalmist says. With thy lips. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise him. I'm going to give him that part of my acts when I pray. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. That adoration sometimes is just quoting scripture to him and saying, Lord, you said in your word, and he loves it. He loves that. I know my boys love it when, when uh, I love it when my boys remind me of stuff I've said. Don't you all? You like it when your kids do that? I don't. I smack them. But uh, Daddy, you said, but mention his word. In other words, to proclaim it. He says there in verse 27 there in Psalm 119, Make me to understand the, the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk to thy wondrous works. Talk about it. Mention it. Mention his word. He says there in Psalm 119 and verse number 46, he says this. He says, I will speak of the, thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. He says there in Psalm 119 and verse 172, he says, my tongue shall speak of thy word, for all of thy commandments are righteous. So be sure and mention the word of God. Here's why. That our words would offer praise. Offer praise. A big part of your Bible study and reading part is this, that when you and I began to read God and study God's word, I said that we began in prayer. Part of that prayer is that mentioning of the God's word and proclaiming it, but it is that words that offer, would offer praise. God, you're good. He mentions several times in his, his, his word that he says, there is, I am God and besides thee there is none else. There is no other. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. 
So when you, you and I begin to offer that praise to him, it opens our minds and our hearts to receive his word. So you want to study the Bible. You want to receive the Bible. Uh, I want to I give you something to write down before I do this close here in just a second. I, I did not put this on there, but I want you to write this down. When you and I began to study, there's, there's what I would call the revelation. God, and just an asterisk out from that, God revealed it. God revealed it. That's the revelation. The inspiration is what we talked about, that theonoustos, God breathed, is that inspiration is men penned it. So God revealed it. Men penned it. And the other thing is the illumination. That's we see it. We see it. I, uh, I make no bones about this. My whole purpose and my desire is that my kids really, and my grandkids now, will see the realization in serving God. Amen. I mentioned to you that I've been in church a long time. I've seen every aspect of it. I was just this past weekend in the Church of God. I go to a Baptist church this Friday night. I'll be at a, a mentor conference for a Baptist church. And, I, and I've seen every spectrum of everything. I can promise you. But there is a realization in serving God, and I believe it's yours and mine hearts getting ready to see it, the illumination. There is no greater thing than this pastor or, or, or the man that would stand here to proclaim God's word to you that he knows that, that God revealed it in Revelation. That the inspiration is that men pinned it down, but the illumination is that he and all of us will see it. Yeah. Wednesday nights are a tough time. I admire you folks to come out to 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 want to find out how you can study God's word, to really get in God's word. It's going to make your life totally different. And here's what I would close with is this. Realize that the more of the Bible, first of all, the more of the Bible, realize this, the more of the Bible we share with others, you begin to memorize those scriptures and you share it with others, here's what's going to happen. The more that you realize the more of the Bible we share with others, the more of the Bible will stick with us. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. When you and I, if you really want to be serious about your, your prayer and your, your time of study, uh, there's a couple of things I would tell you this. When you're reading your Bible, there's a couple of things to try to avoid, okay? You write this down, I'm done. Here's what I give you. I'm going to give you a couple of words that start with D. I always have, I, I don't know why I ever write anything down because I always change it before I get done. But here's what I tell you. Try to avoid this. Try to avoid disruptions when you're studying. And then try to avoid discomforts. Disruptions and discomforts. Those things right there, that, I'd say, I'd say Satan comes to do it, but sometimes it's in a, a family member or something else. But you've got to avoid those type of things. That's why when I, I shared the last time is make sure you have a place and you have a period of a time to study. Those are recipes for studying uh, the Bible, okay?
We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.